Kirilov takes off. Let's play ball. everybody to leading off right here on fantasy pros it is me joey p joe p Sophia. that's dan harris and it's you and we're in may can you believe it we have turned the page now we can finally stop saying it's only april now you can't say that anymore because now it's may so no more excuses no more nonsense we've got video game injuries we've got uh, young prospects coming up and hitting oh dan it's gonna be a fun-filled show today my friend First of all, I, I'm definitely going to be saying, relax, it's only May for like the oh. next several weeks. No, no, whatever, it's fine. Um, yeah, the video game injury, that's that's a new one. I and I it's it's rare. I mean, for any human, let alone a major league pitcher, but that's what that's what Lizardo's doing and cost me a matchup in a head to head league. It's fine, everything's fine. But anyway, yeah, we got a lot to discuss. Big weekend. There was very Han Solo of you. Everything's fine. Every everything it's fine. That, how are, that's how my are you? Motto. Everything's yeah. fine. Even when I'm I'm like I am the meme right of that dog drinking coffee and his burning <laughs> sort of. This is fine. I I feel totally fine about everything that's happening. Stay tuned with us too because by the time we get to September, Dan will be like, it's only September 9th. It's only <laughs> September 9th. You got plenty of time left. It's gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be true. fine. It's gonna very be true. okay. I wish I shared some of your optimism, but my goodness, I see a lot of you in the chat already. And uh, again, if you watch the show or listen to the show, remember we're live here every single morning, Monday through Friday on Fantasy Pros MLB channel. So make sure you subscribe to that channel right away. And let's do a little three up and three down from the weekend. Max Scherzer, complete game, looking dominant as ever, which is great. Bouncing back from a less than dominant outing last time out. Corey Kluber, three up for him. Look at him. 100th career one uh, win. Excuse me. Good for you, Corey Kluber. Way to go, buddy. Way to go, champ. I'm going to get him a little participation trophy. It's great. So now he's pitched well against the Orioles and the Tigers. We'll see how that goes after. Uh, AJ Pollock, eight RBI. Big day for him yesterday. So ups for him. But wherever there's ups, there's also downs. Uh, the Braves get swept by the Blue Jays. Uh, not great for the Braves. Uh, Luis Robert gets hurt too. He's got the flexor straight in the hip. That's not good. That looked like he was in pain. Yeah. And of course, Jesus Lazardo injured while playing a video game. Now I want to know number one, what the video game was. And number two, I want to know why in our day, ball players used to go on the IL for breaking their hands from hitting some guy in a bar. Uh, and that was, that was the ball players that I grew up with. These guys break their fingers playing video games. So what, what do you think it was? Was it like Kirby all-stars? Was he playing? Was it like a, a super Mario maker? And he just got frustrated with a level he made. He couldn't pass. What do you think the game was? Uh, I'm going to go with like old school Mario Kart. Cause I do see uh. my kids playing that. And like with the way they're sort of like totally into it with their whole bodies, I'm lucky they haven't broken anything. He did pitch with it. I mean, you know, he didn't pitch well, but he tried to pitch through it, but uh, obviously it didn't go well. It's disappointing, disappointing, but uh, yeah, Lazardo definitely one of the bigger disappointments. Great to see Scherzer who apparently his wife had a baby right after the game ran right out of there after he, he needed to, he needed a quick game. So He's like, look, guys, I got, I got places to go. Look, guys, let's go. <laughs> and uh, Kluber, by the way, I, I see our, our guy, Fernando, saying Kluber not roster worthy. I disagree. I, I, I haven't been the biggest Kluber guy at all, and these were two really soft matchups, but I really liked what I saw from him just watching, uh, you know, his pitches, his velocity looked good. I think this might be the case of finally a guy who essentially missed two full years of baseball, mm -hmm. really finally starting to get into Maybe. his stride, right? So I'm willing to roster him for sure. I'm not throwing him out there 
not matchup proof, but I'm willing to roll with him for well, definitely I, on know, my roster for a while. It's only May, you know, so it's true. there's plenty of time. Uh, by the way, now we're looking at the White Sox without Robert, without Aloya Menez. Hey. I know they just got back Lance Lynn. Giolito took a loss, but obviously pitched better than he had the previous outings. White Sox are going through a rough stretch here. Uh, I would be buying, though, because if any team's going to get hot as the season goes on and gets healthy, it's going to be them. But this is going to be a rough patch, I think. It's going to be a rough May, possibly, for the White Sox, and they kind of scuffling around with the lineup a little bit. But the winner here, I think, is Andrew Vaughn. Yes. Because that's what I want to get to, because he's starting to hit a little bit, and now there's even more opportunities for him to play because there's a need. So this is a really good thing if you bought or could still buy Andrew Vaughn or if somebody dropped him and he's on the waiver wire. I would be aggressive with him, Dan. A hundred percent agree. This is sort of what we had been waiting for. And really Mm -hmm. what we wanted to see is him getting regular playing time. And now, no matter what Tony Larissa wants to do, like you cannot actually keep him out of lineup because you don't have enough players to play a game. So he's going to play. He's hitting really well. There was very little doubt about his ability to perform incredibly polished college hitter. So if he is available, and I still do see him available in a ton of leagues, pick him up. If you have him, just ride him because he's going to be productive going forward. Now, Travis Darno was placed on the 60-day IL with a torn ligament in his thumb. And this is the old Travis Darno that you and I remember, yeah. the one who was always on the IL. He could miss the season. That is yep. problematic, clearly, for the Braves. Uh, Kirk placed on the IL for the Blue Jays. Navarez went on the IL. Oh, oh, catchers are dropping like flies. Ho- uh, Shohei Otani was on the elbow Sunday. I don't think he's going to make his start. We haven't, like got any definitive word as of yet this morning because he was yeah. slated to pitch today correct uh, so we'll see what happens now edwin diaz came in a non-save situation <laughs> which dan and i you know this is like our biggest pet peeve in baseball is like why are we doing this i don't care about getting the work in these guys always stink and then he's removed because you get tightness in the back so the whole thing is just terrible springer removed from uh, sunday's game because he must have caught general fatigue from <laughs> mitch hanniger i heard the two of them were having a zoom call and people don't know this you can actually transmit general fatigue from the zoom call uh, mm. but whatever uh trevor story left sunday's game hit by a pitch on the index finger x-rays negative it looked painful i would doubt yeah. he's in the lineup tonight tommy Lastella goes on the uh is going on the aisle with a hamstring the giants have a ton of injuries right now too which is a shame because they've played pretty well and then marcus stroman lifted from his start against the phillies because uh, a little hamstring tightness so hopefully that's just a, a tightness issue and nothing else. So lots of injuries. Um, anything that kind of pops to you in terms of opportunity that might arise for other players because of some of these injured spots? No, not particularly, actually. I, I don't really think. I mean, I would monitor Edwin Diaz. I I don't think it didn't look that. I mean, he got hit very hard in a non-safe situation, as you mentioned. Just sounded like his back tightened up a little bit. So I wasn't out there. I think May would be the guy. I don't think they want to trust uh Juris Familia because of his propensity for walks. So I think it would be May. So monitor that if you're in daily lineup leagues. Nothing else really opens up something for other people. I do just want to point out Springer because Springer hit two homers on Saturday night, looked good, but he looked like he caught his like cleat for a second and took a weird step. You could kind of see it. He wasn't, he stayed in the game and everything like that. And then he went over three on Sunday and they removed him because of fatigue because he hadn't played. I, I do buy that, but I would monitor Springer closely and I wouldn't be opposed to potentially selling high on him after his two homer game, because I do think that his quad probably isn't a hundred percent. I think he wants mm-hmm. to get back out there. And I do think that there's a pretty decent potential for re-injury just watching him. He doesn't look a hundred percent. So that's really the thing that stuck out to me because again, not removed with the quad removed because of fatigue. But if you watch them on Saturday, you look like he caught something and, 
there might be a little more, you know, fire underneath there that that makes me a little concerned about him. So I'm monitoring that one closely. Other than that, just stinks with all the injuries. I'm, I'm hopeful Trevor's story. I agree. I don't think he's going to play tonight, but hopefully he avoided major injury. All right, let's breeze through some of the big pitching performances from the weekend too. Garrett Cole, and lastly left you on Friday night. We said Yankees good chalk. Go yep. use Garrett Cole. It was a good outing. 12 strikeouts against the Tigers. Of course, Shane Bieber had 11, so he's always good too. Uh, Hugh Darvish was the pivot. Remember we talked about, hey, you know yep. what? In GPP, save a grand, go to Hugh Darvish. If you did that, you did well there too because roster percentage was probably a little lower on him and the price was lower, so he might have gotten some more offense. We talked about Scherzer. Urias has pitched very well this year for the Dodgers too. I want to highlight that because I feel like, um, you know, with Dustin May getting hurt this weekend too, which... Once again, here we go. Is that Dodger carousel is going to start up? But Urias is really starting to become that pitcher that everybody was hoping he would be. He was a, a bright shining prospect. He was like, I don't I think he was 12 years old and he was pitching in high A. It was incredible what the guy was doing. And now I feel like it's finally all catching up. And finally, he's in the right spot here. And quietly, he's kind of having a really good season. In fact, you could argue right now that he's maybe the second best pitcher on that staff this year. Again, you probably lose the argument, but you can argue it. The stats kind of back it up. Uh, of course, our boy Danny Duffy keeps going strong. I don't know when it's going to come to an end. It's it's going to be sooner than later. Um, also, some weirdness there with Kansas City because Junis goes to the bullpen, even though he's yeah. pitched pretty well this year. Yep. And I love Daniel Lynch. Remember, I talked about Daniel Lynch quite a bit this offseason. I'm shocked that there's like, nope. I mean, I can only assume it's because they want to get the other lefty in there. But I, I don't know. I just it's kind of perplexing. I'm surprised. Maybe it's a personal thing. Maybe Junis isn't well liked or said something to the manager. I don't know. Something's going on there, whatever it is, but a, a surprising uh, turn of events there for Kansas city who still finds himself at the top of the standings there in the American league central. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about Junis a, a lot. I, I kind of liked what I saw from him. It looked like he was in line for a two start week this week. So this was a surprising move here, but I guess it speaks to the fact that they want Lynch up there because you don't usually call somebody up for a start and then maybe you'd go to a six man rotation or something like that. But they were just like, no, 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 we are actually clearing a spot for you right now. So if you roster Dunas, I mean, you can drop them. I, they want to, they said he's going to pitch in high leverage situations in the bullpen who that maybe he'll be the closer who the heck knows, but yeah, this is bizarre. Lynch is an interesting guy, but I'm not like going crazy out there to pick him up, but yeah, I don't know. Threw me through threw things on its head a little bit uh, this weekend. Uh, Freddie Peralta was strong again against the Dodgers. Uh, yeah. Seven case for him. One run Lance McCullers on the road. Yes. Actually on the road pitched Well, yeah. seven shutout innings. That's good. Him and your kitty pitched well this weekend too. Um, if they get Framber Valdez back soon, which it looks like he is back on track. Guess what, boys and girls, the Houston Astros are going to be right there. And this is going to be fun this week because we're going to get the Astros and the Yankees playing this week. So it'll be the first time that the Astros travel to New York and there's going to be crowds there. So that should be very entertaining. Just I'm just putting that out there. That's going to be very entertaining baseball. So keep an eye on that. Carlos Martinez and Zach Plesak are turning things around there, Dan. Mm -hmm. Which one of these two guys would you rather have rest of season? Carlos Martinez or Zach Plesak? Neither. Um, yeah, good I, answer. I, no, I look... <laughs> To, and I'm going to point this out because, you know, Mike Mayer, who loves to troll me a little bit. There are some very, you know, well-known, very well-respected, high-stakes players who are basically, like, touting Zach Plesak now and being like, anybody who told you to drop him, silly, like, he's going to be fine. He did look good in this start, I will admit. And it's like his eighth start against the White Sox already because that's the only team he goes against. So kudos to him. He did make some adjustment. He did walk four. So I'm not overly excited about Zach Plesek, as you know, but I think the bottom line is I have almost no interest in Carlos Martinez. Maybe this week, I think he maybe gets the Rockies on in at home, if memory serves. And if so, 
You always like that when you get the Rockies coming off a homestand in their first game out. But long-term, I don't have any interest in Carlos Martinez. As much as I have no interest in Zach Plesak, he can be a back end of the rotation starter in my mind. So I would rather roster Plesak, but uh, I, I'm not excited about either guy. Two for two, I'd rather have Plesak, but if you could sell either right now for something steadier, I would. Let's yep. talk about some big hitters. Of course, I had Stanton on Friday, which means Judge <laughs> hit a home run. Every other Yankee, every uh, other Yankee Every single nuts. Yankee hit a yeah. home run except my Same guys. I had Vladdy. Everybody else went crazy. I know. But, yeah. I know. Just, just yeah. dreadful. But I'm so happy to turn the page from April into May because yep. one home run in April – Oh my God, I'm going to drop myself. All right, uh, Alex Kirilov, though, is having himself a weekend. My goodness, homered in all three games against the Royals. This was a player you were very much on, very much looking forward to. And I told you going into this season that Sano for me was in a weird place where I really think that Minnesota can absolutely turn the page to Buxton, to Kirilov, to the Trevor Larnix of the world eventually here down the road. And just, that's it. Like, I don't care. Like, Sano's had many opportunities. Enough is enough. You know, Max Kepler, nice player, had one big year. Enough isn't like I just want these young kids to play every day because I think that more athletic version of the twins is going to be a better version as you go down the stretch for this team. So what are your thoughts so far on Kirloff? I mean, you must be thrilled because I know you've got shares everywhere. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I mean, again, it was one weekend. We don't want to go crazy, but I was not discouraged by his quote unquote slow start after being called up. He was hitting the ball pretty hard regularly and. The bottom line is Kirloff is a pure hitter. You know he's going to be able to hit. And so the fact that he did this now is going to like, there's no chance of him being sent down at this point if he goes in a little bit of a slump. If he is available, which I don't really think he is in, in anything but the shallowest of leagues, he needs to be added, of course, immediately. And this is a guy who is going to be, I'm going to, you know, I update my rankings every few days. I'm going to update him. He's probably going to be a top, you know, an outfielder four, maybe an outfielder three. Cause, and he's got some speed too. This is, this is going to be a great season. I hope you listened and drafted him. Cause I really do think that this is going to be a special type of year for the kid. Yeah. I moved him up in my rankings too on Friday. I think it's just the, the right thing to do. Cause the more yeah. he hits, the more he solidifies his spot. And that to me is what it's about with Kirilov. It's not talent. It's just, is he going to get every day at bats when the right. roster comes back to full health? And I think the answer right now is yes. Uh, Andrew Benintendi, two homers Saturday. He's starting yep. to heat up and turn things around, which is really good if you have patience. Remember, it was only April. Uh, Jared Walsh, uh, he had two home runs against the Mariners. Chris Bryant, three homers in the series against the Reds. AJ Pollock, we mentioned him, three homers, nine RBIs in the series against the Brew Crew. And Nick Castellanos continues to be red hot for the Reds, so good stuff there. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Francisco Lindor because I see it in the chat with the Peanuts and the Cracker Jacks. Yeah. And... Um, we had a big discussion on the TV Sunday about Lindor. And I just want to remind everybody, whenever a guy signs a big contract, especially in a bigger market, usually there's struggles. They press. It's just, the, I mean, for the Met fan alone, you should remember Carlos Beltran very well. You should remember that first stretch of Carlos Beltran where he was so bad and they booed him. And then he hit that home run and he wouldn't come out of the dugout. And then Carlos Delgado finally was like, hey, stop being a jerk and pushed him out of the dugout. And he was like, okay. And then, and of course, you got to embrace it. You got to be like, yeah, okay, they're booing me. I suck, whatever. You got to take your hat off. You've got to like engage with them. Beltran, I remember, you know, that was always when I knew it was never going to work. No matter what he did, no matter what, like it was never going to come together. Bryce Harper a couple years ago when he signed that huge contract with the Phillies, he struggled mightily out of the gate. This is just something that tends to happen. Be patient. If you can get Lindor anywhere, get him. He's an all-world talent. 
I don't know what else is there to say about that, but Dan, I feel like the people are kind of getting crazy here about Lindor, and I understand the Met fans being extra crazy about it, but just give it time. I, I mean, I'm not really worried about Lindor, are you? No. You and I, okay. I mean, you and I are Mets fans, so if anybody, you know, should be getting upset about it and be, it would be us, I'm not at all. I Look, the Beltron thing's a little worrisome because that actually, I believe that was his second year when he finally broke out, and so the first year was kind of all down. <laughs> It's possible somebody's going to struggle. But with players like Lindor, unless there is an injury, I talk about this all the time, I refuse to be concerned. My guess is he's pressing a little bit. I know he's pulling a lot. He looks like he's trying to do too much. You see it on a couple of swings, right, where it's like you don't need the grand slam here. You know what you need? A two-run single. So do that. He's pressing a little bit. I understand he's got a huge contract. I have no problem. I would be buying him anywhere I could. I'd also be buying Eugenio Suarez, and I'll tell you why. I went back and did a little homework for our little fantasy pros featured pros ding me bobber that we did mm-hmm. on Friday. Yep. And I found some cool stats. Remember when Eugenio Suarez had 40 home runs a couple of years ago and everybody loved Eugenio Suarez? Well, in the month of June, I believe it was, he had a stat line that was really eerily similar to what he had in April this month, uh, which was somewhere around like a buck 50 batting average, like a 220 OBP and like a, a 200 slugging or something like that. And he still had 40 home runs that year. Yep. So there's more left in that tank. I'd be buying everywhere. If he did that that season where he hit 40 and people don't remember it because it was in June, I would be buying everywhere. Uh, some other guys too. Uh, let's see if we're going to buy or sell some of these performances. Willie Calhoun, excelling from the leadoff spot, looking really good there, slashing 347, 396, 490. Michael Conforto, four ribbies this weekend. We talked about him starting to heat up and that was inevitable. Uh, Mitch Garver uh, also, um, like the, the numbers are bad, but he's been hot lately, four for 12. He had a good series. And of course, Daniel Lynch coming up. But between Conforto and Calhoun, I know we're all buying Conforto. What are your thoughts on Calhoun and Garver? Do you think those guys are trending in the right direction? Yeah, I'm buying all those guys, really. I Willie Calhoun, I'm so happy to see this. You and I, I mean, you mean, I think you were the first one to be like, you know where I'm going? I'm going Willie Calhoun. And I was like, all right, I'm a little maybe off. But the more I dig into it, I used to be a huge fan when he first came up. So this is great. I mean, it, it's pretty clear that last year got sidetracked by the fact that he was hit in the face. And then he had a lot of, you know, some off the field concerns that he talked pretty openly about. He's back. He's batting uh, lead off. You know, as you mentioned, he's I, I love him. He should be universally rostered. Conforto, as we talked about, great. You know, he, he's coming out of his shell, starting to hit. You knew he would. And Mitch Garver, yeah, I, I was actually pretty excited about Mitch Garver coming into the year. I realized, like, he wouldn't play every day. He never does, but he should hit for power. He got off to that awful start. Now he he still doesn't play every day, but he's got three homers in his last three games started. I, I do think he's going to be a top 12 catcher at the very least rest of the season. All right, let's talk to uh, some of the chat here. Uh, Zeb Perry wants to know, is Chris Paddock droppable? Well, he's on the IL, so I wouldn't drop him. Um, right. It's a tough situation here. It hasn't been good out of the gate. Uh, what are your thoughts? You're just going to sit and hold and wait and hope it gets better? Yeah, a guy like Paddock is a guy who, you know, maybe unfortunately is the type of guy that I will always hold because I've seen it before. Now, I haven't seen it in two seasons, and I haven't seen much this year to make me excited, but I'm still going to hold. I may not start when he comes off the IL. I think it's just the COVID IL, but uh, yeah. I may not start him immediately, but I will hold him, not drop him. I got to tell you, I mean, I was impressed with him out of the gate in 2019. So I think we just kind of hope that he gets back to form. He had some better starts in April, too. Some good and some bad. If you go back and look at the game log, Uh, who would you rather have? Like, go say, how much longer do you want to hold on to Joey Gallo and Josh Bell? I'm holding on to Josh Bell. He showed some signs of life this week a little bit. So I don't know what I wouldn't worry about that. And Joey Gallo, this is Joey Gallo. I mean, 
you know, you, you draft Joey Gallo, you have to understand you're going to get some awful stretches. Like he is an all or nothing hitter. Forget the 260 year. It's never going to happen again. It's it's like fetch. Just stop trying to make it happen. It's just over. Just move on and understand Joey Gallo is a guy who's probably going to 35 bombs. Maybe 30 of them come in one month. I don't know. That's Joey Gallo. And if you're playing in head-to-head formats, I don't know what to tell you. You should know what you're getting into here. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts on these two guys? I feel like it's the same thing, right? Well, Josh Bell, I mean, I see a lot of people asking about dropping Josh Bell. Put aside this weekend, which was great. And he looked good. And he had the yeah. big bases loaded double right-handed, by the way, which was really nice in the 0-2 pitch. I have zero concerns about Josh Bell. I, I'm completely writing off his early season struggles to the fact that he was on the COVID list and mm-hmm. couldn't take pitching for like 10 days. Yeah. I, there's no chance. And I would be buying Josh Bell anywhere I could. As for Gallo, you explained it perfectly, which is this is Joey Gallo. If you're going to start getting annoyed at the fact that he's batting like 220 and he goes for stretches where he doesn't put, you know, hit for a ton of power, then you have never rostered Joey Gallo because that is what Joey Gallo is. He will come up with like a 10 homer month at some point coming in. So no concerns really about either one of these guys. If you're in season along with Joey Gallo, you just got to sit and hold and wait for him. And if you want to bench him in the meantime, bench him in the meantime, who cares? Uh, You see, you see Bedoy 25. I hope I'm saying that. Uh, I see Bedoy. You see Bedoy. We all see Bedoy. Sure. Was offered Correa and, oh, excuse me, just Correa for Morton and Aaron Savali. Uh, He currently has Marcus Simeon. Uh, do I take that? So you've been offered Carlos Correa for Morton and Zavali. Why would you trade two quality pitchers, especially Zavali, yeah. who's been outstanding when Simeon's starting to hit? Uh, I love Carlos Correa more than most, but that's no, it's not a good no. deal. I see a lot of people wanting to trade their pitching. Slow that roll. Everybody. I saw all over Twitter today. You notice that like last 24 yeah. hours, I want to trade these two pitchers. Like, what are you doing? These yeah. guys are dropping like flies. It's just, it's no, Hold on to the pitching if you got any good pitching and be proactive about getting some of these other guys. And look, if you've picked up Duffy off the waiver wire earlier, like you did well, some other guys you did well. But I don't know. I don't know what people are thinking about here. Well, let's talk about Morton for a very quick second because Morton has over a five ERA. And I think I see some people getting frustrated. I'm, I mean, you don't like a five ERA. It's only May, but I'm in. I'm encouraged by what, and I watch, I have a lot of Morton. So I watch a lot of his starts. I, I really, mm-hmm. I, I'm encouraged. And you look at his FIP and his XFIP, 338 uh, expected ERA, 367 FIP, 344 XFIP. The guy has been finding striking out over 10 batters per nine innings. I have no concerns about Charlie Morton. And in fact, rather than selling him, I would be buying low on Charlie Morton. So do not, and if you have somebody like that, God, don't trade him. Pitchers <laughs> go down like flies. Please hold the pitching, trade the offense for pitching if you can. How does that Darno injury in your mind affect the Braves pitching staff? It's a fair question. I, mm. I don't think Darno and and to to be as fair as possible, I haven't really looked into this, but I don't think Darno is somebody who, especially for a guy like Morton, who's a veteran and everything like that, I don't really think it's going to make a difference that much as to what he's not one of these elite pitch framers necessarily like Yasmani mm-hmm. Grandal, who you're like, oh right. wow, look what you can do for somebody. So very minimally, if anything, it he was a big you know a key cog in the offense so i do think that that's going to really affect how they're doing and they're struggling overall so if anything maybe lowers their win potential but other than that i'm not really worried about it all right fair enough before we get to dfs i know what you're all here for it's the manscape time that's right i want to uh, thank the sponsor of our show manscaped Everybody here loves the Manscaped products. And no, the 5.0, I see you making jokes. It's not available like yet. The 4.0 just came out. Come on now, let's let's not get greedy. So anyway, 
here we are. I mean, we're getting closer and closer. Father's Day around the corner. Uh, the Manscaped products make great gifts. They've got all kinds of really cool uh, packages and gift bags and basket kind of things you could get together there. But the Lawnmower 3.0 is out there. The 4.0 is on its way for those of you who need that extra power. But I'm telling you right now, the battery lasts up to 90 minutes. If you can't get clean in 90 minutes, then I don't know. You just recharge it, I guess, and go back for some more. Uh, it's waterproof. It's got an LED light, which is cool. You can manscape in the dark, which is, I know, what so many people love to do. And, of course, 7,000 glorious RPMs of quiet stroke technology. So trim that junk of yours with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping. And the code is leading off. Again, go to manscaped.com with the code leading off and get 20% off your order with free shipping. And for the ladies who are watching here and listening to the show, because I know y'all are, again, this is a nice little gift. It's like, oh, you know, I was listening to Joe and Dan, and they, you know, they talk about the Manscaped products. Here you go, honey. Boom, there you go. You get it for your boyfriend or for your, uh, <clears throat> your, your loved one or whatever. Just go get that uh, code out there leading off and make sure you get your Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 or even 4.0. Is, is it even available? I feel like it's black market that I have it before everybody else. And it makes me feel really cool that I, I'm like a step above, Dan. I don't step think I would above. ever call you a step above anybody. But yes, I believe that it's out step or it's above. coming out. Yeah, Father's Day coming up. Go do it. Get go. crazy. All right. It's a new month. It's a new day. Yes, it is. It's May. So I'm, I'm ready to go on a home run tear. That's it. I've been putting in some extra work in the, uh, in the cage. Let's yeah. start with a 10 game slate tonight in MLB DFS. The Dodgers are the good chalk tonight in terms of cash game arms. You got Aaron Savali, who's 9.5 on Fandle, but just 8.9 on DK. You rarely see the DK price for a pitcher be cheaper, especially somebody of that ilk. So that's interesting. It made me kind of raise my eyebrow a little bit. Tyra Glass now 10.8 and 10.3 and Walker Bueller 10.2 and 9.6. So these are the big name arms on the slate. Uh, is it easy to just go to glass now and not overthink it? Or are you going to take a little bit of that Savali discount or maybe even Walker Bueller against Kyle Hendricks and the Cubs? I probably won't go Savali just because of the strikeout, you know, the, the lack of strikeout upside, especially though with glass. Now, I don't know who's starting for the angels. As we said, it should be Shohei Otani, but I, both of us kind of doubt that he makes his start. So the win potential is there. I almost always go with glass. Now, I wouldn't mind Bueller right now for two reasons. Number one, the Cubs strike out a ton. Number two, Bueller has come out and said that he needs to strike out more batters, and he's been doing that of late. The one thing I would say is that there is rain in the forecast in Chicago for that game uh, with Bueller. So I, I might shy away from that. So for me, I'm almost certainly going uh, glass now for this one. But if the rain lightens up, I would consider at least going Bueller for the minor discount. Yeah, I would keep an eye on that Otani situation. Is he playing? Is he pitching? Is he not? Whatever. And by the way, I love that Otani opened up his own spite store yesterday, too. After getting hit, he then steals second and third. I love that. Right. Like, it's great. It's great. God, he's he is one of us. I love yeah. that. He's just, he's just an angry player. Uh, all right, let's talk about some of those other arms there. Uh, you got Adam Wainwright, 7.2K on FanDuel against the Mets, who mm -hmm. I think is very much in play. He's looked very good. I can't believe I'm saying these words, but I feel confident in Adam Wainwright. And not so confident in the Mets offense. I don't care what they did yesterday. And then Herman Marquez in Colorado. But his last two starts in Colorado have been good. 8.2 for Marquez. Secondary arms, Wainwright's 8K. Marquez is 7.1. I think both of those guys on DK really play. Even if you want to pair them together and kind of fade the top group a little bit. Because the top group isn't... It's not Cole. It's not Bieber. It's not DeGrom. It's not that grouping where you got to worry, I think, about the 12 strikeout performance and chasing that. 
I actually think there's something to be said for coming down to the Wainwright Marquez pairing even. And then there's the fascinating situation where you get Daniel Lynch making his debut in 2021 for just 4k on DK, which is one of those things that I like Daniel Lynch as a pitcher and I'm slightly tempted, but it is against Savali. So I just, I'm going to let it go, but I just wanted to say it out loud that I love when these things happen. And sometimes you can actually make money with those. Yeah, I think you've got two 4K pitchers going on, right? Miguel Diaz for the uh, Padres. Yeah, I mean, look, you might as well have a lineup with him because you could really do whatever you want. I'm going to throw one other name out there right now, and this is much more about, I guess, more of a feeling like I had with that Montas start against the Rays, or I think it was that time that worked out well. And it's Maeda, who is 7.8K. He's been absolutely terrible. But Mm -hmm. against the Rangers here at home, I think they'll hit against Dane Dunning. I just feel like this is going to be the get-right game for Maeda because it has to be, and he's too good of a pitcher to continue to struggle. Things will even out. The Rangers obviously have a low implied total. They're not hitting all that well. So at 7.8K on DK, he might be a guy who I might look at as a secondary arm because, again, I don't think too many people are going to be like, oh, you know who I want to start right now? It's Kenta Maeda. So this is why I, I we're friends, there. because I had that same inclination this morning and I wanted to type it in there. And I went, I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. I, yeah. I wanted to bring it up as a multi-entry yep. play. Like maybe yep. you have that one lineup that's got Maeda and it's as a secondary arm, not as the single standalone guy on FanDuel. Yep. So Dan and I are in agreement there. So we're going to live and die with that. So that should be fun tomorrow morning. So make sure you join us here oh on Fantasy Pros MLB to uh, see how that share went. And maybe one share. I don't know. I don't know if I can really do it. I'm always just kind of want to sit back and watch it. I feel like I invest in it. It's probably going to go south. But if I don't, it'll be good. And I want him well, to be good. There are times where I, if I make the call, I don't even feel necessarily the need to invest myself because I'm so heavily invested anytime I recommend somebody. <laughs> but I, I will, if I if I do play, again, tonight is Little League night. So it's always a little difficult it's tough for, on Little League for night. old Dan Harris to make sure I'm setting my lineups because the kid's going to be at the game, don't have all the access. But if I do on DK, I will have at least one lineup, I promise with Maeda as my secondary arm. All right, let's get to the offenses today. I love the San Diego Padres stack against the Pittsburgh Pirates today. I'm going heartily into that one. Uh, Game stacks today, I think you got two of them. Baltimore and Seattle is kind of cheap, kind of interesting. And Milwaukee, Philadelphia, I think you're going to get some higher totals in those two games combined. Uh, And then in terms of pricing, how about this? Alex Kirilov is just 2.4 and 2.9. Hello, 2.9 on DK for Kirilov. Uh, DK was out last night getting drunk on and just completely forgot to change the salaries on Alex Kirilov. Uh, AJ Pollock, 2.1 on Fandle, 3.5 on DK, cheap. Dylan Carlson on DK, also 3.4. And Nico Horner, 2.8 on Fandle. Still, I talked about this yesterday on the TV show and still on SportsCard. I was like, Nico Horner, when are they going to catch up to this guy? Now, I know he collided with Ian Happ and hopefully everything's okay there. Yeah. Uh, Conforto is just 2.8. But Horner's another guy. He should come up and done nothing but hit, which has been great because that was another player we thought was like a free square in drafts. And a lot of people were disappointed to make the team outright. You know what? Again, patience. It's only April. Let's do our home run calls of the night and we'll call it a day here. Uh, I am going with a Padre and Dan Harris is going with a Padre. I can only hope that we're both right or at least I'm right. So Dan Harris, which Padre is yours? Uh, I'm going to take Tatis. Again, I have I have poo-pooed the long-term outlook of Fernando Tatis Jr. this year with that shoulder. But on a one-game day, you know, against Tyler Anderson, the lefty, I will go with Tatis for my home run call. Prisoner of the moment is Dinger yep. Harris. I am going to go with Manny Machado. That's right, all the big boys, which means yeah. it'll be... 
I don't know. It'll be like Tommy Pham hitting a home run today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some other San Diego Padres. A Rand- Jake Cronenworth, three dingers tonight. There you go. Yeah. So Machado and Tatis will have our eyes on the late games, and we'll be back again tomorrow to do it all again. So hope you enjoyed the program, and reminder to subscribe wherever you get your podcast to Leading Off here at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can watch us and watch us live on Fantasy Pros MLB. Don't forget, we've got a new giveaway as well, thanks to our friends at Pristine Auction. The Ronald Acuna jersey is in the books. We'll announce that winner today or tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow. 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 We want to let it breathe a little bit. But the new piece, a Vladimir Guerrero autograph baseball. Oh, that's going to look so nice on the mantle. Everybody's going to love the Vladdy autograph ball. Again, you go to fantasypros.com slash MLB contest. You take a review on Apple Podcasts or CastBox that you made, screenshot it, go fill out that form at www.fantasypros.com slash MLB contest. You upload that, and boom, just like that, you are entered to win a Vladimir Guerrero autograph ball. Holla. Everybody loves that. And of course, don't forget, speaking of balls, take care of yours with Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping with the code leading off. Everybody loves that. That'll do it for me and Dinger Harris, but the story of the game goes on. We'll see you tomorrow, kids. Bye.